everyone. This is Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends recap romance novels while going off on tangents, belly laughing, and loving each other unconditionally. This week, we're going to start off with a Patreon shout out. Meredith H., you are descended from Marzana, the Polish goddess of winter. I think of her as an old-timey Elsa. She's often depicted while sewing, but I like to think of that as old-timey knitting. She's a real opposites-attract kind of gal, as she was the consort of Dazbog, the sun god. I think that just like you, Marzana brought people together. She created the icy weather that brought families to their hearths to knit and play board games. She increased the hours with which people could spend quality time with those they love most, at home or in their favorite yarn store. Plus, she's powerful enough to create ice monsters and build ice fortresses, yet wise enough to overcome her self-loathing and fears and flourish in her family's love to hone her abilities and own her power. So you keep organizing your people to spend quality time and create change, whether it's in the icy season or when your modern Dazbog is inviting everyone outside. If you want extra goodness like bonus episodes, shout outs like the one you just heard, gifts and much more, head over to patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast. You'll be supporting podcasters you love and treating yourself. And now for part two of In the Company of Women by Kate Christie. Oh, hi, Erin. Hey, hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) How, How are you? I, um, how's it going? <laughs> I'm just a girl with her hat in her hand, looking at her best friend and podcasting partner and saying, I didn't read book. <laughs> <laughs> but Melody, we've had three weeks to read books. <laughs> Melody, big mess in brain, big mess. <laughs> Do you think your brain might clear out a little bit now that election is over? <laughs> Melody, big mess, jumble, jumble. Ah. <laughs> oh, no. How do we get through here? <laughs> is that a bookshelf on the ground? Oh, no. <laughs> yes, I am. Honestly, today I'm feeling a metric fuck ton better. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Did I get in the bathtub last night at 745 and say, I'm going to finish this book? And then instead... Did I sob while watching Kamala Harris speak? <laughs> Why, yes. Yes, that is, in fact, what happened. <laughs> um, I did just watch hey those guys. speeches in my bathtub instead of reading. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, listener. Hey. Hey, listener. It's been a tough week, okay? And <laughs> this is free. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. And you still get us at our messy faces, okay? And I read book. And Aaron, The problem, though, is the problem with me being the only one that read book, though, is that I do this seat of the pants, I'll remember book version of reading book, and I skip a lot, 
of book when I read, especially a book like this that is, <laughs> I would say, 75% history and 25% yeah, 75% herbs. And the romance in it is good. I oh, liked it. Beautiful. However, however, I not only read the book, I read the the ending part of the book where she talks about like her history research and the stuff. The author's note? Yes. Ah. And she talks about in her author's note how she mostly writes nonfiction. And she wrote this book because she was very interested in lesbians in World War II and yeah. and the whack and like some things that she'd read about whack lesbians that made right. her, you know, interested in it. And that when she gave the book to her wife slash editor, her <laughs> she trimmed out about 50% of the historical stuff that she wanted to put in there. <laughs> what? So I think our girl is history first and romance second kind of lady. You know what? But she did a great job on the romance you, that wife. is in there. Yeah, yeah thank but you, also wife. thank you, wife. Because Gosh. the history that my eyes just like happened to hook on as I glazed <laughs> down the page of these pages. And I, again, it's a really good, it's so well written. It's so good. Like it I'm is. being kind of an asshole for not reading it. It's just I, like you, had a very but hard time. But we're also just kind week. of honest assholes, you know? Yeah, I'm sorry. But I just, I don't want to say like, oh, I skimmed all, like, because she. She did work so hard on all this history right. that is very well written and very good. And if you're interested in that, and I kind of even am, it's just I. It's hard. It was hard to get through it this week. It's just been a hard m- m- six months. <laughs> <laughs> and what I was trying to say is that the history that did catch my eye as I was, you know, skimming through these paragraphs was very interesting. It in makes fact, it well, and it makes it like come to life. Honestly, the mm-hmm, the issue, yeah. honestly, that I had reading this book is that I had a hard time herbsing because I wanted to read all yeah. the history, but I had to, I just, I had to like keep flipping pages. Otherwise it wouldn't happen. And then I just got so overwhelmed that I was like, I just, I can't like, when is Nevada going to get their shit together? Is all I need, <laughs> you know, like Pennsylvania, you're doing such a good job. Keep going. <laughs> In a world where we didn't have to read a book every week for podcast. And I didn't have two other very demanding jobs. I yeah. would go back and read the parts mm-hmm. that I missed in this book because I was reading so fast. Yeah. However, I can say that to myself and I just I know that I probably never will, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wait, first. Yeah. I have had an obsession for the last month that we have to okay. talk about really quick. Okay. I shared it with you and I know you like it too. And so we this have to tell listener. I am bracing myself <laughs> for what this is. We have a lot of private conversations, Melody. That's true. <laughs> we, it is a little podcast called It's Always the Husband. Boy, am I relieved. Yep. Oh, <laughs> boy, they are divine, honestly. Two ladies, two Midwesterners, best friends love each other to death and they recap episodes of like forensic files and other true crime shows where the husband did it hence the name it's always the husband you know how i love a secondary source true crime crime podcast where the podcaster isn't the original source you guys are detectives i love somebody recapping the forensic files and the datelines for me oh my god especially when they come up with nuggets like then they just believed that she went out for a walk 
in yes, like that's the one I listened uh, to. <laughs> the t-shirt, no pants, and then she got murdered with her cooter out, which is horrible, horrible, horrible to laugh about. But we're then not laughing they're about just that. like, this could not have happened because my my favorite little tidbit was she was like, my husband could take a shit in the middle of our living room floor, and I would not leave the house in that weather. I would yeah, not leave. The idea was that they'd gotten in a fight yeah. and she left and committed suicide right. with wearing only a tie-dye t-shirt and no pants at all <laughs> with her snatch out to the elements in like Canada in January. In like, yeah, in like 12 degree weather. And then yeah. Aaron, uh-huh. I saw your favorite part was that they were like, if you decide to die by suicide, you're not going to do it bush out. <laughs> bush out. It was so funny to me. <laughs> Again, much respect for I mean, this deceased woman. Who yes. And, and <laughs> it's not funny. It's not. The crime is not funny. What's funny is the the absurdity of those detectives that yeah. were like, that, that's probably it. That's that's what happened. Yeah. So anyway, check out It's Always the Husband because I laugh every single time. I they have really delightful like Midwestern accents too. They do. Which you know is the way to my heart, whether you're reading Midnight Sun aloud to me <laughs> or you're doing true crimes. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, Aaron, I packed myself grapes two ways. Grapes two ways. Yes. <laughs> I've got a bowl, a bowl of grapes <laughs> and I've got some red wines. Ah, and I, I am ready for you to tell me about this beautiful book. Before we do, can I tell you what I did stupidly? Well, you Please. kind of knew because you called me when I was trying to find a <laughs> lid to my my camp coffee cup to put my tea on. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason why this cup has a lid, which again I could not find, is it's a metal cup, and now I can't put my lips to it or it burns my lips. <laughs> which I feel like a big old dummy. My husband last week tried to drink coffee right out of the coffee pot. What? He thought that that would work out, and he does have a burn on his face now, and I feel like I have the same thing now on my lip, because I burned myself just now when I tried to drink the the tea. Was he doing it as a bit? No. No. No, of course not. Here's the thing. Maybe, but he does have that burn. You know, like, uh, you know, like, either way, it did happen, and it did hurt his skin, you know? Fair enough. Man loves a bit, but no, he commits. Okay. Okay, so when we left off, we had a corner of the mouth kiss and a chat Brady with had pressed Toby. A small kiss to the corner of CJ's oh. mouth and said, I'll miss you tonight. I'll miss you tonight. And then CJ had gone and talked to her friend Toby, who was like, You're hot. And then CJ thought about it a lot. Yeah. And like how she did feel for Sean, her ex fiance, and like how she has been feeling her whole life. And she was like, Oh, CJ gay like I have (laughs) been gay Um, and now she is committed to being gay and now she's going she's going to Mexico (laughs) oh no this is gonna be a terrible (laughs) show right they go to Mexico next right Mm -hmm. yeah I just want to say when CJ is discovering for herself inside herself that she is a gay woman there are some beautiful poetic passages there, about there really were 
I did self-realization read that part. and understanding and how and God and you know because she's a Christian woman and yeah. how God wouldn't create her this way if not you know like, that kind of right. stuff. It's beautiful. It's great. We're gonna we're gonna move though. All right? It is. We're it's totally past it. gorgeous. I just want to acknowledge that it was beautiful. Right. Brady does go with them to Mexico. Like that's the whole yes. point. Wait, but they have that conversation before Mexico. Remember? They do. They have like a fight. Where they bump into each other because she's been kind of avoiding Brady because she's like, I don't know what to do. Did she kiss right. me on the mouth because she likes me or did she kiss <laughs> me on the mouth because we're just friends? Which I said at the end of the last episode sounds crazy, but it is what we all would. It is what all of our brains yes. would do. Not to mention that like, was it an accidental kiss on the mouth? Did she mean like full cheek or mm-hmm. and like miss mm-hmm. somehow? <laughs> like, did I Yeah, move? and like when she said, I'll miss you tonight. Did she oh. mean like. They could stay up and talk about baseball cards, or did she mean full on sex? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, and then the next morning, Brady's like, Hey, do you have anything that you think we should talk about? And CJ's like, No. Nope. Well, she's mad. Nope, CJ nope, avoids nope. her for like a couple days. Oh. And Brady's pissed. Oh. Then when CJ does see her, she's like, What? No, I haven't been avoiding you. I've been busy with my job because there yeah. was like a whole chapter where they went to like a new plane and they checked it out. It was called yeah. a balloon s- runway. And they checked out that plane, and then she hadn't talked to Brady. And then Brady's like, you've been avoiding me. And CJ's like, no, I haven't. I've been working, and everything's normal, and there's nothing we have to talk about. And then CJ says, I don't know what you want me to talk about with you because you have a fiancé. Oh, yeah. And Brady's like, well, I told you, like, I don't love that fiancé. And CJ's like, like, is is that the rules now? (laughs) You just decide you don't love fiancé, and now you get to, like, smooch other people? You know, so... CJ makes it pretty clear she doesn't want to be the other woman, the only woman, but like the other person. I have a hot in that take relationship. on this one. Uh, justice for fiancés. Listen, I think that if there is <gasps> your ever... hot take is different from my hot take. Yeah. I can see it in your eyes. I am uh, yeah. very justice for fiancé. How no, dare I'm? I'm sure justice for fiancé. Totes, totes, right? But, but. <laughs> If there was ever a moment where it's more important to keep morale up, it's like when you're fighting those Nazis, you know what I mean? Yeah, what a totally relatable reference. Yes. I just think that, like, I don't know. Oh, you're saying he's out fighting Nazis, so she shouldn't write him a letter? Yeah, I think that if there's ever a moment in which you're allowed to, like, do what you gots to on the home front and keep that person super happy, this would be it. Fair. Fine enough. I just feel like you can't also cheat on fiancé. Oh. (laughs) I feel like... (laughs) I feel like don't... Don't cheat on fiancé. Yes. Yeah, that's a much more... Widely acceptable opinions. <laughs> that I, don't Aaron know. I just had. feel like I I didn't I didn't love that Brady does write him a Dear John letter. That's the next thing that happens. Yeah. I don't I don't love that she wrote him that Dear John letter. It's not my favorite, but I also feel like then you can't you can't just you can't have it both ways. You can't sorry. Wait, are you talking to me? Because Brady did not have it both ways. I'm talking to you, Melody. My oh friend. sure, sure. That's this, how this guy Aaron over feels. here with the hot take that uh, yeah yeah you know well, don't worry it's gonna work out fine <laughs> kind of okay because he comes back with one of his platoon mates no no that would work out oh. too fine no oh. um sure 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 
Never mind. It doesn't work out fine. It works out pretty terrible. Okay. Oh, no. Does he die? He does die right after receiving <gasps> his Dear morale, John letter. <laughs> his morale yeah. was so low. Listen. He does, he does die immediately. <laughs> he does die right oh, after receiving no. it. Oh, no. And I'm very justice for fiance in this situation on, on multiple fronts, but we'll get there. I just think that you don't write the letter and you do what you have to, you know. Fair. Okay. All right. Nobody can know about her relationship anyway because it's against all whack and military codes. Well, except for all the whacks because they're all gay and they're all smooching in front of each other. Sure, but nobody, you know, like they're not going to tell anybody. You know, I don't listen. This is tough. This is a tough it's one. Tough. It's a it's tough a, one. It's a conundrum. It is a tough and one. And I would okay. probably handle it badly. <laughs> so <laughs> Noted. <laughs> I mean, I probably would also handle it badly because I wouldn't write him. The, I would handle it totally passively. I would not write him the letter. I would never have the balls to kiss anybody on the face. And okay. I would just be like, teehee, I love being your friend for years. And then, you know what? I'd probably marry him. That would be my, oh, that's no. how passively I would You know I what? That's how you this. handled one of your. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I know. It's true. Do you want me to cut that? No. No. People need to know. That is how I handled it. And that is how my first marriage happened. All right. Meanwhile, I'm not, I am not a person who, I am not a person who like, <laughs> I'm you know, not a person. I, I don't. But if I ever would be, this would be the situation where I'm like, yes. I need your morale to be up enough that you can like make it through. And do your best so that you have mm. something to come home to. And then I would break the real bad news when you got home yeah. alive. Yeah. When you got home alive. Or yeah. you would die happy, probs. Probs. Happy-ish. I'll tell you later you know? about what happens. Well, now that everyone so knows then, I'm a fucking monster, let's get going. Not a monster. <laughs> We're both monsters in our own way. The thing, the thing about this situation, it's a great conflict for a romance novel because yeah. there is no way to handle it where you don't rip somebody up you either have yeah. to rip up him rip up her or rip up yourself yeah and that's just that's just how it goes it's true there's no way around it it's true all right so then they go play baseball with each other again or maybe it is basketball it they play a sport it's a and then during ball. that sport they're both sitting on the they're like out or something yeah yeah and yeah. then they make out and they roll around in the grass they make out good and that's like their first real kiss well it's totally dark they like uh one of them takes the other one into a meadow that's totally dark and nobody can see them but then people do see them they see them snuggling. yeah they do yeah yeah doing that okay snuggle. so they make out in the in the basketball in the grass and it's very and they're like omg we're together now and uh, you're, you're so happy dear john that guy, yes. justice for fiance. <laughs> yes. Nate, I think. And then they're like, okay, let's go camping and have a hotel room. <laughs> no, they go to Mexico. <laughs> this is when they go to Mexico? Yeah. Okay, so now they're they're on their they're going to Mexico. And all the girls there in Mexico and they all stay at a hotel. But Brady's super rich and bougie, and she knows, like, the owner of the Mexico Hotel or something. And so she gets yeah. a special Mexico hotel suite 
for yeah. her and CJ that's special and great and has champagnes on ice and a big yeah. window and a, and a big, big giant bathtub, nice bathtub and bed for doing it in a woot. And they get busy in that hotel room. Boy, do they. So so they do El Paso things. And then... Yeah, they do. They do stuff. Other the stuff. The friends but keep then, walking in on them. Every time yeah. they try to get busy, the friends are like, knock, knock, knock. What are you gals doing up here? Yeah. And it's like, stop, stop it. Stop it, 1940s you women. You know what we are trying <laughs> to do, you 1940s lesbians. Get out of here. Let me finger my girlfriend. She deserves a <laughs> traditional Highlander finger banging. <laughs> Let me play this woman like a bagpipe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then they go to dinner and everybody's all happy. And her friend from home who's dating Sarah with an H is there. And they're like, oh, fuck this queso. Do you want to get out of here? And CJ's <laughs> like, yeah, Brady, I do. Uh, because they're in Texas again. I think the hotel's in Texas. Anyway, so then they go, they're about to go back to the hotel and, and John, I think the friend is, says something like, what, what are, where are they going? What, what are they doing? And they're, because they say something about being tired. Yeah. Somebody says they have a headache. Yes. And they need to leave because of a headache. Brady, I think. And then Kate says, well, I hope your headache feels better. Wink, wink, (laughs) wink. And, uh, and John's like, headache. Oh, no. Yeah, I think Jack. Is it Jack? Jack? Sure, it's a J. And then and Sarah looks at him and she's like, like, not that kind idiot. of headache. They're going dummy. They don't have headaches. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks all like happy for them. It's really sweet. Yeah. He's excited. Yeah. So they, I mean, they just Boy. have like a night. It's it's fairly fade to black. It's kind of skim over. Yeah. It's similar to like how act like it was. It's just yeah. like hands were everywhere. Mouths, silkiness, a lot of that. You a lot know? of that. But it's yeah. still very nice. It's really and sweet. It, they undress each other very sweetly. It's just, it's very sweet. It's sweet. Mm-hmm. It's sweet and good. And then afterwards, they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that it could be like that. Yeah. And the other one's like, yeah. Sex has never been like that for me either. Because it was with boys. Yeah. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's because I'm in love with you Yay. and your beautiful vagina. And now we're going to be together. Ba-da-ba-beep-boop-boop. Look at those lady boobs. So now they're in love. Like they're full yeah. on in love. Yeah. And that's, then they go to a bookstore, you guys. Oh, yeah. They go to like a kite, like a. Like a gay bookstore? Like, <laughs> the bookstore is very gay. They go to a bookstore and the clerk is like, have you heard of this super lady loving uh, lady authoress? Because they're just like hanging out in the Virginia Woolf section for like an hour. <laughs> like, <laughs> Listen, it's a of age. Not, for, blanket statement here. For as illegal as this is in 1940 Schmerv, Mm-hmm. These two are not very subtle. Like they are <laughs> not like they think a lot about how they could get caught and how bad it would be and how they right. need to and how they have to keep it secret and how awful that is and how it makes their hearts hurt. Yeah, but then they just keep doing gay stuff in public. Like there's <laughs> right. never a time where they're like, "Gosh, I wish I could do that," and then they don't. Like I know. every time they're like, "Gosh, I wish I could snurfle her face." They're like, "Fuck it, I'm going to snurfle her face." I'm going to stare longingly into her eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, stop I can't it! Wait. Get out of the Virginia Woolf section. <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop reading gay books out loud to your gay lover. <laughs> uh, one Sorry. of the things I did love about this trip 
was that she talks about it's a it's like a throwaway thing, but I found it to be so incredibly charming. She talks about how all the wax will like walk together, and anytime they see a military man with like his arm around his lady, they'll mm-hmm. salute him so that he's forced to salute back. And it's this thing where they're like, yeah, because we can't walk around with our arms around each other's. And so we want to inconvenience everyone who can. <laughs> and it's so cute. It's very cute. Yeah. It's also very sad, but it's very cute. And I think okay. Like the next time they go on another pass together and like she figures out that Brady's like crazy rich and has a trust fund and that's how she's paying for all these fancy hotel rooms Mm. but i don't remember what if anything happens on that trip and i'm sorry i'm sorry about it i'm sure it was great wow they're taking a lot of trips they do they take passes like every weekend they keep like schnaggling three-day passes or four-day passes which is that's right because they have the inside insider friend right yeah hey hbs while it's not the sole focus of heaving bosoms we talk about self-care a lot Reading romance can be both a form of resistance and a form of self-care, because you can't pour from an empty cup. I'm always looking for ways to recommit to myself in that way. If you are too, check out A Healthy Curiosity. It's a podcast that explores being well in a busy world, and the host, Brody Welch, is here to support you on your journey of health, happiness, and personal evolution. A Healthy Curiosity explores the obstacles that keep self-aware women from following through on our best intentions. Perfectionism, people-pleasing, overwork, boundary issues, limiting beliefs. Oof, (laughs) that list hit me right where I live. And then what it takes to overcome such obstacles with ease, mindfulness, and self-compassion. You'll hear deep dives with top experts on issues like stress, hormone balance, anxiety and depression, sleep, chronic pain, and better sex. From the perspective of Chinese medicine, functional medicine, and beyond. Host Brody Welch is a licensed acupuncturist, health coach, and recovering type A. And just like us, she's not afraid to share her own personal challenges and victories with her audience. So check out and subscribe to A Healthy Curiosity with Brody Welch wherever you get your podcasts. So then a pilot named Nell, who's like pretty cute. Oh, oh. am I past where you've read now? Yeah, they get a new job. She and Toby get a new job where they're working with WAC pilots. WASP pilots. WASP pilots. WASP pilots. Yeah. And so Nell is basically like, hey, do you want to go up in planes with me as my personal mechanic when I go on special time mission. Wah, wah, wee, wah. Nell takes her up and lets CJ fly the plane Holy shit. She wants in her pants, doesn't she? Yeah. Yes. Uh Uh-oh. So CJ's like all about flying planes with Nell. She's not about Nell, but when she comes back and she's like, Brady, I just had this experience with Nell where she let me like grab this stick and like control her plane. I had like plane. this brand new experience yes, with Nell exactly. and I saw vistas further than the eye could see. Mm-hmm. Brady's a little bit jealous of the situation with Nell. Well, then, Nell is swooping in. Yeah. Like any respectable pilot would, you know? Yeah, it's clear that Nell's into CJ. And I don't know if this is like what happens next or like maybe it happens <laughs> on the other one. Or, like, it happens at some point. 
they go up, Nell, like, then it becomes kind of a regular thing, and Nell takes CJ up, and they get, like, shot at in Holy the air. Shit. In Texas? Yeah, well, there's, like, a training exercise going on, and they're bad at shooting whoever's doing the shooting, oh and they God. shoot at, like, their plane, and they have to go down, and they get, I don't know if they get hit, but it's not in, like, an important spot on the plane. And then there's, or, like, like, an adrenaline... Yeah, situation. and then they have to like go debrief, and like there's a whole thing, and she's basically like tied up with this stuff all night, and then Brady gets fucking pissed, and is like, "Oh hi, oh, shit. where's your waspy hot fly girl and stuff?" And oh, you know, no. yeah, and CJ's like, "I'm not into her," but Brady's basically like, "I do not want you going up flying with her anymore <gasps> because I'm jealous." Which is, like, really sad for CJ, who, like, loves planes and is starting to think about maybe she wants to be a pilot instead right. of a historian after the war because of how exhilarated she felt when she flew that plane. Does she acquiesce? Yeah. She decides oh, to no. be like, okay, I won't go out with Nell anymore. Which is oh, very no. sad. I wish she would have at least found another pilot to be her personal mechanic. <laughs> Oh, so then some wax get turned in for being lesbians and they get blue slips and that's really scary. But what? it does not stop them for, from just like making out all the time. They're like, I wish I could kiss you right now. And the other one's like, I have no objection to that. And then the other one's like, Uncle Sam does. And they're like, fuck it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck you, make Uncle out Sam. All the time in front of people. Well, I remember CJ at one point being like, oh, because on one of the trips, Brady sort of flirts with a couple of guys as they're walking by mm -hmm. and cj's like hey i noticed that you just flirted with those people who aren't me mm -hmm. and she's like well cj are we or are we not in an illicit relationship and it gets cj thinking about like well how bad would it be to no longer be in the armed forces if they don't accept me as i am mm -hmm. you know and so oof I can Oof. see how that would be really, really scary, but at the same time, be like, fuck it. I want to kiss you right now. And if they kick me out, then that's their fucking loss. We're at war. I don't know. I've been flipping for a million years, and I'm still not through the friendly fire incident. Oh, so then. Okay, so I think maybe this was when CJ told her about the friendly fire thing. Like, they're, they're all having bad times right now. It's like okay. CJ's all out all night with Nell, and Brady's mad at her. Brady went out with her, like, admin friends who are, like, kind of bitchy yeah. and got, like, crazy drunk. And so she's really hungover. And CJ's like, well, that's not really like Brady to get, like, really, really drunk. Yeah. And finally, Brady tells her that they were out with the admin friends and the admin friends started, like, making fun of her for being gay. Like, somebody oh. made a comment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody told somebody that she should transfer to company D since everyone knows D stands for <gasps> and she obviously likes. And then she's like trying to tell she says that word to CJ. But then oh she my like, gosh, she's like, and then they said that I liked pussy and she's like oh really boy. embarrassed by this. And I, it was a guy that said it. And so that's even worse because it's like now people know that aren't wax yeah, and, you know, yeah. like she's just really freaked out by the whole situation. And guess who stood up for her? <gasps> Janice? Janice. Wow. Mm-hmm. She says, you should have seen Janice when I hinted around at the kind of comment that Charlie made. She grabbed him and hustled him out of the restaurant. And one of those other girls saw that she had slapped him. Can you believe yeah. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Great so job, Janice. Janice is a hero, actually. So then they decide they want to go spend Christmas together at the Grand Canyon. Wow. Grand Canyon Christmas trip. And so they plan it and they get passes and they do the whole thing to be in like a fancy Grand Canyon hotel. And then Brady finds out that Nell, the pilot, walked mm-hmm. CJ back from the friendly fire thing. And so that's a whole thing. And she's walked mad. She doesn't her want back? her. Yeah, it's like she walked her back to her barracks out of. Oh, like, my God. Brady, yeah, get over Brady yourself. Brady is like not doing okay for somebody who like had a fiance up until five minutes ago. Wait, so is that something they fight about at the Grand Canyon? No, they never go to the Grand Canyon. So I think like the next big thing that happens, and I'm sorry if there are more things that happen between that and this, but this is the next thing that I can remember. And I'm so sorry. I am the last person who can malign you for this. I'm not apologizing to you. I am apologizing to listener who (laughs) read this book better than I did. Right, right, right. (laughs) Oh, Nell tried to like kiss her maybe? No, no, no. She hugged her. She hugged her. She hugged her. And that was the thing. Somebody saw them hugging or something. They just crashed on the ground. Yeah, exactly. It was an adrenaline hug. It was a thank you for protecting me from plummeting to my death hug. Yeah, it wasn't an adrenaline bang. Jesus. (laughs) I mean, we've all been there, you know. God. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a $500 level show that you might want (laughs) to tell Aaron about? (laughs) Okay. So then they get a call. Brady gets a call from the war department people. Yeah. She gets a telegram. She gets a, listen, she goes, she gets the call to go to the place where you go when you find out somebody died. Oh, shit. And she is fucking freaked out that it is her brother who is in the thick of it in Europe. Mm -hmm. Because Nate, her fiance, who I've already told you it is the person who did die, Right. Nate, the fiance, was like a um, like a an analyst or something. Like I forget what he did, but it was something. Yeah. It was like telegrams, or it wasn't fighting. It, he was not right. like an infantry. So she's certain that it's her brother, and she takes the call. And here's where I'm a little bit justice for Nate for like the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. It's very like, oh, good, it's just Nate. For the rest oh, of the no. book. And Nate doesn't, Nate didn't do anything wrong to anybody. It's no. Like, he didn't, He all he did was like propose to Brady who happens to be a lesbian and he didn't, he didn't know. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, oh, it's he just He just Nate. proposed and to the girl like, he loved. Right. And then it's like, oh no, I have to, Brady's like, oh no, I have to go home and um, go to his stupid funeral now. And now I can't go to the Grand Canyon. And what? it's very like, you know, she's like, oh, you know, I've got to do I've got to play the sad fiance now, you know, and it's like, well, didn't you like at least love this person as a friend or? You yeah. Know, like, did you like you? him at all? It's very cold. And I, I she's you know, she's a little bit sad, but also the questions that CJ is asking her about, like, well, do you think that you might be able to go to part of the Grand Canyon? And like, very like insensitive things where I'm like, well, isn't she shouldn't she be asking her if she's okay emotionally more than she already is? And like, shouldn't she not be okay emotionally a little bit more than she is? Um, (laughs) But anyway, so she 
Yeah, and then there's this whole discussion of like he may not have gotten the letter because mail's so slow and it's only been oh, like two nice. or three weeks. So it's possible he didn't get that Dear John letter and he still thought that she was going to marry mm-hmm. him. And definitely nobody back home. She didn't tell anyone back home that she was writing him a Dear John letter. So right. she's got to go back home and pretend that she's still his fiance. Oh, okay. And she especially wants to do that for his parents because she she says to CJ she was marrying him as much for his family as she mm-hmm. was for him because she loved his family so much. So she doesn't want them to find out. So, okay, so she goes home to Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Sorry, one more. Yeah. Like, here's an example of the questions that CJ is asking. Instead of being like, you okay, she's like, do you wish you hadn't broken up with him? Or are you still well, like, okay with the decision you made to break up with him for me? CJ. Like, that's such a shitty question to ask. Yeah. Like, and then, you know, her response is, actually, I wish I would have broken up with him sooner. Which is like, why? Why would you wish that you would have broken up with him sooner? She's like, I shouldn't have agreed to marry him in the first place. And it's like, yeah, I guess. But having right. had agreed to marry him, isn't this the best situation where he dies yeah. before you break up with him? Right? Yeah. I don't know. And then when she says she's going home for the funeral, CJ's like, you have to go home for the funeral? It's like, yeah. CJ! Even if everyone knew they were breaking up, she should have to go home for the funeral. It's very weird. He's a person that she loved. She wants mm-hmm. to be there for his family to comfort them because she loves his family. Like, this isn't... Yeah, even if everyone knew she was a bitch, she should still go home and mourn and be there. Unless it would cause them more pain, you know? Well, sure. Absolutely. But it's like, you should still... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if, if, if everybody hates you and they don't want you there, that's a different story. But, like, yeah. generally, I think you should still go home in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. So CJ is sad, and she's just moping around the CJ is sad. Just oh, sadly you, working on planes. I didn't like, get to see the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I know, I know. And CJ even drives her to the train station, and they're upset that the train is too soon. They make out in the bathroom of the train station, and some old lady walks in on <gasps> them, which... Hashtag, like, I was very excited that they weren't like, let us finish in the stall, even though old lady has to pee. Like, some others, <laughs> you recall. Don't worry, there's no sex that inconveniences the elderly in this book. Thank they just break apart, and then they're like, we should really be more careful. Which, like, yeah. Yeah, you should have be been careful. in the stall to begin with. Yes. So, okay, listen to this. This is when she's moping around the base. I'm riveted. The sights and sounds of home were so vivid against her closed eyelids that she was, she was, she's falling asleep, that she's almost surprised when a gust of warm air swirled dust around the hood. Rubbing the grit from her eyes, she gazed out over the sprawl of El Paso and Fort Bliss. Damn you, Nate. Why did you have to go and get (gasps) yourself killed? It's like, what? Oh, fuck you, Because you're alone for a freaking week, CJ? That's that's the attitude. And we're supposed wow. to be like cool with that. And I'm very justice for Nate about that. Yeah. So then CJ gets a call from her mother back in Minnesota in Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo, Minnesota? Wisconsin. Minnesota. Here's what I know. She goes home and Michigan, she does play bro. Euchre. So it's one of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> one of those. <laughs> You're from those. the Midwest. <laughs> I know, but like the, the, the hats are all the same to me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
No, they're not. They're not. Don't, don't write us. Don't, don't. They're very distinct in different cultures. Here's what I know is she plays Euchre when she goes home. So it's one of those <laughs> that's up there. Okay. She gets a call from her mom. And you know her little sister, Rebecca? Mm-hmm. She does have scarlet fever, which <clears throat> is the uh, bad one. That happened what to what died of. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Claire Danes floated out that window because of scarlet <laughs> fever, and it's not okay. It's very sad. So, <laughs> okay. So she um, gets this call, and she's the only one in her house that has had scarlet fever before. Okay. So she gets the idea to say, Mom, why don't you re- write a Red Cross letter? A Red Cross letter in the military, or at least in the Army, I'm sure it's the whole military, though, is a letter that you get from a family member that says, send my kid home because of emergency. And they oh. send it through the Red Cross, and then it goes, it gets a special, you know, uh, attention, and it goes to the Army, and then they let you go for as long as the emergency is going to gotcha. be. Gotcha. So she's like, Mom, what you should do is write a Red Cross letter saying that you need help from me taking care of Rebecca because I'm the only one that's had it before. Yeah. Because she's quarantined. Mm-hmm. And then I can come home for Christmas. And some, like, somebody overhears that. I, I, I felt it was a little bit squirrely, too, her telling her mom to write a Red Cross letter. Like, it doesn't, doesn't sound great. Well, but if she doesn't know the procedure of how to exactly. do it. But like, it would sound squirrely, right? If yeah. you heard one of your colleagues on the phone being like, Mom, this is what you should do so yeah. that I can come home for Christmas. Yeah. Write this, you know. So when she gets her leave from her first line, the person is like, hey, I did notice that your friend Brady also recently went home on emergency mm. leave for Christmas. Yeah. Your emergency leave wouldn't have anything to do with the fact that your special friend is also going on military leave, would it? Oh, no. And she's like, no, my sister really has scarlet fever. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, it's just I want you to understand you have to go home to Michigan. And if you don't go home to Michigan, if you take a detour somewhere else, you're going to get kicked out and it's going to be really bad. So, like, whoa. Keep your shit together. Yeah. And then CJ thinks to herself, I'm glad she said that because I would have done it. No. CJ. Keep it in your pants for literally three days. You you like Brady too much. (laughs) Okay. So she goes home to Michigan and Melody, there is so much herbs about her family. I bet it's like three pages of, of herbs. Three. I mean, I mean, three, three chapters. I meant. I'm, chapters I have. I've had herbs. half a glass of wine, and it's I had showing. S- it is showing. Sorry. I had to <laughs> lead through an entire presidential address. What? Like a fireside Christmas chat from the president. I didn't need that this week. No, I didn't need a heartwarming address from the president this week. I didn't. No, not. I just needed the smooching. But here are the big things that happen while she's home. The first thing is that she tells her friends, her female friends, that she's gay. Whoa. Right? So she's like, hey, do you remember... God, I hope any of this is true, because I feel like during the parts where you read the book, you were very like, none of that is right. (laughs) So here we go. (laughs) Cheers. Um, 
she's like, hey, you know those science teachers we had that were gay together and they were like special friends or whatever? Yeah. Hint, hint, I'm like that. Because what happened was, you know, that friend from home that found out about them because of the headache because of Sarah? Yes. That friend has been writing letters home. No. But, he no, he's good. He's a good man. He has said, CJ has met somebody new, and he's never seen her more happy in his whole life. And he just has not mentioned the gender of the person. So he's just like, CJ's so happy. You'd be so happy to see her. Like, she's working on these planes. She's flying around in the plane. Mm -hmm. She's all muscly now. She's happier than I've ever seen her, and she's smooching a new person. And so the friends are like, tell us everything. And so finally, she just has to be like, it's a lady. And they take it really well, but then she's like sleeps on their couch or something. I don't remember why. Maybe she's in transit. And she like overhears them whispering that night. And she starts to think like, oh, did they take it well? Or are they like gossiping about me right now? You know, like kind of disembodied. (laughs) Like she can't hear what they're saying, but she's like, oh, God, this is not great. She Mm -hmm. feels bad. So then she goes home to her house. She hangs out with her sister, Rebecca, way too much. Like, way (laughs) more than we need to. We eat a lot of meals. We do a lot of stuff. Oh, and her dad is so nice and good and sweet. Yay! She just has a great dad. I mean, yeah, she does say that she's got a great family overall. She does. I mean, you know, it's the 40s. So then, okay, so Sean, the ex-fiancé, shows up. Okay. If you recall, Sean, the ex-fiance, did not want to go to war, and he had a mm-hmm. deferment, I think because he had like, was against the war in some way, or like maybe because he was going to school, but he is very against the war. He's a pacifist. He doesn't believe in the government's ability to wage war. It's a whole thing. Okay. So he shows up, and he's joined the Navy. Whoa. And she's like, well, why are you doing And it's kind of like he did it because he- Did he join the Navy to ride the waves? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but he did it. <laughs> he kind of did it. Is anyone even listening to this one? We're sorry, guys. We tried. We tried. He uh, kind of like had a change of heart based on what she had said. Like, even if you don't agree with the war, it's still going on. And and wouldn't you rather be in a dangerous situation oh. fighting for something than in a safe situation and not? And that's what she said when she broke up with him and he thought about that and now he's joined the Navy. Wow. But then it turns out that he has found out that she is sleeping with ladies. Uh oh. I do forget how. I don't. It is he going to get friends. vindictive? I don't care how he found out. He got real mad. And oh, no. And he's basically like, you know what? Okay, slight justice for Sean, the fiance. Mm. Because he's like, boy, this must have been hilarious for. First, he apologizes and he's like, I've realized that I shouldn't have you know, made decisions for you and I shouldn't have, you know, like all of the things that he did wrong there, he apologizes for, which doesn't nullify it, but at least he's self-aware in this situation. Yeah. Then he's like, now I found out that you're gay and the whole thing was just a big joke on me. Like, ha ha. uh, I guess, I guess this was, which isn't true, but I can see where like he would feel that way that he just like wasted his time. And the whole time she was into ladies and, he was some big joke. I mean, I guess like in the 1940s, maybe, but like that's not that's not how that works. She was with yeah. you. She had been with you. Yep. I she, know. She was on that cock, you know, like she did it. <laughs> she, was, <laughs> she was fully committed. 
Yeah, but now he's thinking about times when they were doing it. And he's like, God, she didn't. She was just faking it the whole time, apparently. You know, like he's he's mad about and that. Just to be clear, when I say she was on that cock, I mean, like, you know, she's committed. She was committed to him. You know, I, I don't mean it I know. like it's a ugh, like a payment or whatever. But also, hey, dudes, not everything is about you. OK, stop inserting yourself into your ex-girlfriend's romantic awakening. Jesus. Anyway. So then he kind of advances on her and, like, kind of looms over her in a threatening way. And she's very, like, okay, there's no way he's going to do something violent toward me. I know this guy. This is the guy that was my childhood friend. This is, like, I've never seen him doing it. He's just upset. But at the same time, it is a little, like, aggressive and a little threatening. So she starts trying to, like, explain how, you know, it it wasn't the way that he thinks that it is. Right. And then her mom comes out and is like, you need to get off my porch, son. Mm-hmm. Because he's being aggressive toward her daughter. However, oh, her no. mother has now heard that she's a big old oh, lesbian. No. And the mom first tries to pretend that she didn't hear. Mm. And CJ's like, but I know that you did. So can we just talk about it? Yeah. And the mother is like white knuckling her coffee. And she's like, I cannot accept this. I'm sorry. I'm not going to accept this. And I don't want this for my daughter. And I want you to have a family and a wedding. And, you know, it's just like, and she's like, but wouldn't you rather me be happy than, you know, all that? And she's just like, no, I wouldn't because it's bad and an abomination and all that stuff. Which is pretty, it's a little little rough on CJ. That's traumatic. Yes. That's horrendous. I expected better of you, Mama CJ. No, but I mean, you know, it was a time when no one was doing that. And I kind of, yeah, I don't don't hate CJ's mom. No. I'm just sad about it. I mean, I can understand CJ's mom being terrified for her. Yeah. I think when CJ says, wouldn't you rather me be happy than you know, miserable in that other life, I think her mother truly believes that the choices she's making now will prevent her from being happy in the future in one way or another. And I yeah, think or she maybe is, I'd rather you be safe than fully happy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that kind like, of thing. I, I really do think ugh. that's where it's born from and not like what will the neighbors say? Because that's not yeah. the tone of it. Ooh, still heart wrenching. Oof. Yes. So at the same time, we've got Brady calling her on the phone. So, like, we've got these nice little sweet calls from Brady, which start with, we can't say anything. We're on the party line. Anyone could be listening in. Which, like, even saying that is like... What's a party line? Do you not know what a party line is? No. Oh, my God. Wait for me to explain this bad <laughs> and get corrected by people. Okay, so it's like... You know when there were um, uh, phone operator, uh, phone operator, switchboard operator yeah. people, and yeah. you called and you had to call the operator and be like, "Give me Melody," and then she physically would pull the yeah plug out of the thing and push it to the thing. So uh-huh. there were also party lines where you could just pick up the phone and there's just an open line for like your neighborhood. Oh, and if you and I, like, if we lived in the same area where there's a party line and we just picked it up at the same time you and i could talk on the party line what's the point of a party line i don't know 
and I don't I don't understand how she's calling it either. Yeah, I how don't do you know call maybe it from California? I don't know, but that's wow. the understanding I had. But basically, it's like an open line that anyone can. Yeah, be on. anybody can be in there. Maybe it's because she's calling her from a payphone. I'm not sure. I don't know. Oh, maybe wow. because maybe because the line costs dollars more dollars. Oh, wow. The point what a is, mystery. <laughs> you anyone know? could be just sitting, and this would be me all the time, <laughs> sitting with their phone, <laughs> waiting for people to call each other on the party line and just have conversations. Like, can you imagine how great that would be? Yeah, people who needs talk about cable? Like, oh, how boring it must have been to be in the world before smartphones and TV and stuff. It's like, nah, you've got the party line. Like, you can just sit there and listen to people have conversations. I don't know you're there. Anyway, so, like, at first they're like, no, no, the party line. We can't say anything. And then, like, by the second call, Brady's like, here's the sex stuff I'd like to do to you. Are you kidding? And CJ's like, stop it. We're on the party line. And Brady's like, ah, I couldn't resist. It's like, you guys, you gotta stop. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Man, those exhibitionists, you know. I know. Wow. Maybe, maybe the party line was kind of the reason. Like, maybe yeah. she wanted to be an exhibitionist. Ooh, Ooh she wanted Should to. Should I be Google caught. up party line right now to yeah, make let's it better? do it. Yeah, okay, okay, I'm right. But you can call it. It's a party line, a multi party line shared service line for multiple people in an area. So oh. I guess you could probably pay for your house to have the o- your own line or just pay for the, the community Interesting. party line. So it's different rates. So like maybe you make an appointment with someone to be like, I'll be by the phone at 8 p.m. Yes. Give me a yeah. ring and I'll pick it up. Okay? Exactly. So we could just like say we'll both pick up the phone at if we were on the same party line or you could call my party line and I would pick it up. And then when Bob the Builder picks it up, you got to be like, Bob. Don't, yeah. I'm going to call back. Don't answer. But you're, I'm trying yeah, for Aaron's that's house. that's how it was. When you watch old <laughs> movies, that's how it is. It's like you have an appointment at eight to talk to your friend and then somebody else is talking to their friend and you're just like, you can't talk. And then Patty how picks it is up the next time movies. you call. And you're like, yeah. Patty, don't answer. I'm going to call back and I want you Aaron. You do such a good party line meet cute. Oh, party <sighs> line meet cute. Party line meet cute. Yeah. Oh. Maybe like like lonely girl is on the party line all the time, like just being lonely and like listening in to people and like mm. boy keeps calling to like get his lady on the party line, but she's like a bitch who never picks up, you know, and yeah. like he just chats it up with that lonely, like suspicious, yeah. uh, uh, gossipy lady that's just like constantly on the phone being like, Ooh. what's happening in the neighborhood? Yeah. Is your girlfriend still rolling your hair? Well, yeah. here I am. Here I am. relatable (laughs) okay cj the heroine of the book she goes back to el paso gosh guess who's still not there Woof is brady because she's gonna be there until after new year's she's just like womp womp i'm still in el paso wow so somebody is like hey uh guess what i think it's reggie is like hey cj would you like to go to Los Angeles for New Year's to Burbank where your Whoa. lady is? And CJ's like, hell yes. And Reggie's like, great. Because guess who needs another personal mechanic? Nell. Nell. Hot waspy Nell <gasps> needs to have a mechanic on her plane. Oh so CJ gosh. just decided. Oh, CJ had done promised. She had promised Brady she would not see Nell anymore. 
on any more flights. Wow. Until Nell became her personal taxi. But this flight is to see Brady. Yeah. And Nell knows that. So, like, she's not going to try any funny business. Or she might and get rebuffed. Yeah, but she didn't. She didn't right. get rebuffed. Because, you know, she Nell's a good person. I know Nell that about is a Nell. good person. And I do think Nell kind of, like, did hit on CJ, but it's like, you know, shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. Also, CJ you, doesn't speak her twin language. You know? Yeah, shoot so for it's the hard moon to and land among chat. the stars, which is a stupid poster. Have I told you about this? Bing, I can't boom, believe boom. you missed my Nell joke. Oh, please. Oh, I'm so sorry. Aaron, Aaron's so quiet right now. I love a Nell joke. Come at me. I love Nell. Come at me. I just said that CJ didn't speak her twin language, so like, it was hard. It was hard to understand she wasn't interested. Oh, God, I love Anel. I love Anel joke. I love Anel, too. God. Friend Liz and I used to make fun of Nell all the time. Love Nell. <laughs> I legitimately God. love Nell. How, what percentage of the people listening know what Nell is? What, what would you say? 30? <laughs> I think 30 is probably high. Because we're too young to know Nell as well as we mm-hmm. do, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's it's something they make you watch in drama class. <laughs> also, of like all the movies that I have not seen, I uh-huh. have seen Nell. How I've weird is Nell that? I've seen Nell so many times. <laughs> <laughs> and it's mostly been for school for whatever reason. <laughs> Man, Illinois is really working hard out there, huh? I really <laughs> think maybe my drama teacher just like freaking loved some Nell. I don't know. <laughs> I think I've seen it multiple times for drama classes. Anyways, um, <laughs> God, what? I was doing a joke. I was doing a bit when you did your Nell bit, and now I don't remember what it was. <laughs> okay. I don't recall. Anyway. It was all about CJ being a good person. Yeah. Nope. Don't remember. So she yeah. goes to Burbanks. Okay. For news, and she calls up Brady from a pay phone and is like, yeah. what are you doing for New Year's Eve? And Brady's like, I'm going to meet some friends in the city. And she's like, how about you meet me in the city? Your girlfriend. Because here I am in Burbank. And Whoa. then they go and they wear like fancy New Year's Eve dresses. Oh, my gosh. Hot. And then they recognize that they are hot and on the town. Yeah. And it does turn out that the fiance, Nate, wrote a letter home after he got his Dear John letter, which he did receive right before he died. And that letter home went to his friend who he said he told them that he was so relieved because he had met a girl during basic training at New Haven or whatever that he'd reconnected with. And he realized that he actually wanted to marry her and said that he was too guilty to break up with Brady, which is pretty convenient, I think. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Whatevs. So, okay. What else? So they do New Year's. They make out and like that's the end, the end. Of the but book. then there's yeah, but then no. there's like yeah, it is. I'm pretty sure it's that the end was of the, the book. End. Yeah, but then there's like it's not an epilogue. It doesn't say epilogue on it. It just okay. says 1949. Ooh. <laughs> so here is me trying to do my best to tell you what's going on. <laughs> so CJ did decide. So the war. 
ended, you guys. It's over. We won. War's over. CJ decided after the war to call up Chapel Hill and ask if they still had a place for her in their Mm -hmm. PhD program. And they did. And the person who runs the History Times program is an army vet and was, like, super excited to have her because somebody else just retired. So now she is in academia. She's studying those slave narratives that she wanted to study, I think, because wasn't that at Chapel Hill? Yeah. Okay. So she's there. Brady's there with her. They're in love. All of their colleagues know, and they don't care because it's academia. Yay. CJ's mom eventually came around... CJ takes Brady back to Kalamazoo for holidays. They have a daughter who was adopted by Brady as a single woman after the war because a lot of... There's like a comment about how it was easier for a single woman to adopt a baby after the war because so many men died and so many babies were unable to be cared for. So she was able to adopt that baby. And I forget who... Somebody, like, involved with the book had that baby. (laughs) (laughs) It was, like, somebody's sister or something called and said, you want this baby? And they were like, yep. (laughs) So they're raising that baby, and they're going through their Christmas cards and who they're sending their Christmas cards to. And everybody's still together except for Kate and Toby. (gasps) No. And they were like, if anybody was going to make it, it was going to be Kate and Toby. But they got (gasps) blue-slipped. Oh, no. And they ended up having to split up, you know, and then the distance was too much, and then they weren't able to sustain it. That's so sad. I'm sure that Brady has, like, a job or something, too. I don't know. Maybe she's a mom. I didn't Or she's living on that trust fund. Yeah. She doesn't. You know, she liked working at the newspaper, so I think she might be a newspaper. I don't know. I don't. I missed it. I'm sorry. Wow. So there you go. That's what. Happy. Acknowledge your Veterans Day. That's the one. Happy Man, times. They are teaching that kid all about rocks. You know? Oh, God. That Man. Kid that kid knows everything is there the is about rocks. the only kid in the world that hates rocks. And is like, <laughs> nah, Mom, I don't want to pick those up. I don't want anything <laughs> to do with them. I don't need a drawer full of rocks. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. Aaron, yeah. you did such a service to the HBs and to do me. Do you want to thank me for my service that I did I, for the HBs? I do. Thank you yeah. so much. You're welcome. You're amazing. You saved mm-hmm. us. You saved me. You didn't make me feel bad about it at all. <laughs> and that's really nice, too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I know where I was this week. So I, I just benefited from having gotten more through the book yeah. before. So yeah. or else I would have been lost as well. But you know what? Hmm. We have a new president now. Okay. It's fine. He's going to be in office in 10 weeks or so. And yeah. we're going to work our hardest to help out Georgia's. And we're going to cross our fingers for Alaska's. Yeah. It's going to be great. Right. As we record this, it is November 8th. 8th and they so have not we started only have, counting mail-in ballots. We only have two more days until Alaska <laughs> starts counting our mail-in ballots. There you go. So you never, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah it was so funny watching the election they kept it you know here's this path to victory i'm i'm just right. like i'm i'm on msnbc i'm just like i'm watching the home team they're gonna take care of me the president started speaking brian williams decided it wasn't good for my mental health he switched him right off like i'm here with you guys did he i'm with oh yeah wow. you didn't know that 
No. Sorry, guys. We're just going to chat for a little bit. The president, when he started giving his second address, like it was so not factual within like a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Brian yeah. Williams is like, I we have to turn it off because we have to like report the news, and none of that was true. <laughs> That's amazing, like, Brian. You're here for my mental health. Like you know what I need. Yeah. Anyway, but like as I was watching it, they kept being like this path to victory, that path to victory. And I'm like, but Alaska, we got three. We're <laughs> still gray. Like, don't you think that maybe <laughs> it's possible? <laughs> you, I don't need them to, like, talk about it a lot. But just some, just, every just, once a, in a while. just somebody be like, and. The tiniest mention of Alaska. You never know. They could get crazy up there. You don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, we'll see. Yeah. Two more days. Actually, until, by the time until we this- start. And yeah, by the time this episode know. is aired, we yes. might know about Alaska. <laughs> we, and what a surprise it might be. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you have a All right. Note? I do. Man, did I have several today and now I can't remember. I have two because one of mm-hmm. them is a reminder. I am... Uh, 72% sure that I've already done this lady love and so I'm going to bop you with two. Are you ready? I'm going to do a redo of a lady love too. <laughs> okay, so listen. As I was sitting in my bath last night not reading this book and instead watching Kamala Harris speak mm-hmm. I remembered my handy dandy pumice stone because Thank it God. This is, is twice in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> am i that much of a loose cannon come on yes <laughs> yes <laughs> when it comes to sex stuff yes <laughs> oh i wouldn't call you a predictable cannon like <laughs> <laughs> all right so i remembered my pumice stone because the weather has like shifted back a bit. It's been like 70s for the past few days and it's bonkers. <laughs> but before that, I remember I showed you what it looks like outside my window. Yeah. And I, I said, burn it with fire because it is yeah. all snow out there. Anyway, but I hadn't really been lotioning in the way that I should when mm. the colder months hit. Mm, mm-hmm. And. Man, did I do a full body pumice stone exfoliation? And I am like a newborn baby right now. <laughs> Good for I you. I am so smooth, everybody. So just rub a pumice stone all over your body. All over if a it. Pumice stone is too much for your delicate, yeah. delicate skin. Right. That's full of eczema. Yep, yep. Actually, if your skin is full of eczema, stress eczema like mine, this is not a good idea, but it is something mm. that I do. Oh, <laughs> so, no. <laughs> but pumice stones really, they hurt me. Um, okay. So I, I use one of those horsey hair brushes, and yeah. gosh, does that feel good on the skin? But it does yeah. make your eczema much worse. Do not do it. Interesting. I don't know what you should do. You probably shouldn't put any kind of exfoliator on that eczema. Even Maybe like a lotions. So nice to scratch it with that <laughs> brush. Am I grossing anyone out? Probably. Not I probably me. grossed everyone out. Not I me. I know not you. Never you. I'm the only person who matters, Aaron. <laughs> you know oh, but my other one. Again? Oh, oh, sorry. I forgot. Oh, I'm my sorry. My other one. <laughs> sorry. Her eyes started twitching. <laughs> yes, Melanie? <laughs> My other one is 
Golly, what is it? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> okay, my other one is, uh, today, Ember heard in the car, he heard in the car this song, and it's it's called Safety Zone. No, it's called Safe and Sound is what it's called. And we were like running around the park this evening because it's been getting dark so early that the kids are like, I want dinner now at five. And I'm like, no, no, we're going to go run around for a while. So um, anyway, we were running around to Safe and Sound, just like singing it. And then I was like, man, I don't really even know if I know that song. And Michael turned it on when we got home. And I was like, oh, I love this song. <laughs> and Michael was like, man, you know, sometimes you were just like such a white girl. <laughs> and I was like, I know. <laughs> and then he was like, you know what we're going to do? We need to find more songs that that he's talking to Ember. And he's like, we need to find more songs that make Mama say, oh, I love that sound. And so he's like Googling. He's like, playlists for basic millennial white girls make go. I love that song. Anyway, he found a little playlist called music of the 2000s or like Uh maybe it's music of the early 2000s. Anyway, literally every single song it started with pink mm-hmm. there was yeah that song was on there mm-hmm. sure man it was like such a great mix of music and every single one i was like bah! <laughs> so that's lady love i want to give you a lady love right now oh npr does those like music playlists from their npr podcasts you know okay and they I believe NPR coined the term rosé wave. Are you familiar? No. Rosé wave is a genre of smooth <laughs> listening uh, 30-something women music. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got many rosé wave, you know, like just rosé drinking playlists. But they've oh. got different flavors of them, like rosé wave beach, rosé wave <laughs> sad (laughs) (laughs) waking up in the morning so if you google that up that may be that's very cool i've also Mm -hmm. been loving the mellow folk station on Mm -hmm. amazon that's been Mm -hmm. really rocking my world lately oh great stuff what's yours erin i just want to you know what if you're a new listener to the podcast and there are many of you out there and you didn't listen to whatever time that we talked about the Tazo Dessert Delights Lemon Loaf yes. Tea. Gosh, that is a good tea, and I'm drinking it right now. It <laughs> is just such a delight. The end. Wow. I just feel like every like year or so, we should just talk about the, the Lemon Loaf Tea. Because it just great. It is so great. I've never had any of it. How dare? Why not? I Because I, I, I don't know. You need to get it. Okay. Jesus, you're on the podcast. Where do I... <laughs> Where do I get it? The grocery store, Melody. Just the grocery store. Sure. Yeah, just the no. grocery. Wherever Tazo sells its teas. Weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, hey, guys. We're all the places, and you should follow us, because we're a great time. We've never talked about lemon loaf tea on the social medias, the social medias, but we will someday, maybe. Maybe. You should be there. So, uh, on Instagram, it's at Heaving Bosoms. Uh, Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Twitter is at heaving underscore bosoms. We're on Facebook. Just Google up our name. And we're also, we also have the Geriatric Friendship Cult, which is our group that is the happiest place on the internet. 
most supportive, most loving, great place. And we got this website that'll link you to a yeah. bunch of merch. It'll link you to our Patreon, which reading as a, reading embrace. Yeah. Aaron just recapped a bunch of tinglers for me and you're going to fucking love it. Yeah. So keeping a badass. Here's the thing, Melody. Oh, no. Remember when I said that I was doing a bit and then I forgot about the mitt because we started yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, now? Yeah. yeah. Love yourself <laughs> as much as you love that poster from third grade that says aim for the moon <laughs> and you'll land amongst the stars. Uh-huh. You might the have loved that poster. The stars are way farther away. Exactly. What is that you about? You may have loved that poster. <laughs> you may have found it to be a big inspire. But now that you're hearing me say it, it makes isn't no it goddamn sense. Shit? The stars are so <laughs> much further. The moon's like right there. We only and have then the one closest star. star is like it is the sun. Million miles. Yeah. Yeah. How it dare. should be shoot for the stars. You might land on a moon. That's what it should say. <laughs> or a planet. It's true. You might fall into the sun. You might encounter an asteroid. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> love yourself if as you much were sh- you love being inspired by that stupid poster. <laughs> that was the bit All I right. was going to do. Bye. I love you so much. Your bits are the best. I Bye-bye. love you. Bye. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.